Welcome to Women Unfiltered, a podcast empowering women to step into their authentic selves every damn day. I'm Lynn Calloway, an entrepreneur, wife, mother, and a woman in tech. And I'm Brie Griebel, a rescue mom, health and wellness enthusiast, musician, and also a woman in tech. Join us on this journey as we navigate our friendship, identity, and differences and challenge you to do the same. Welcome for another episode of Women Unfiltered. Welcome. Yes. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm I'm all caught up in my homework that I needed to do for this episode. So That's good. I'm That's really good. excited to dive in. We are. Other than that, I would say life is we're just moving along. Enjoying I bought some rollerblades and I tried them out yesterday. Mind you, I'm a 30-year-old woman. But I have no shame. I also bought a helmet and all of the padding that you could imagine that you would need, like wrist pads and knee pads and elbow pads. Uh, I didn't use them the first time that I tried out the rollerblades, and I was really proud. I was just going in the back alley that we have and testing them out. And honestly, it's kind of like riding a bike. Like I used to rollerblade a lot when I was younger, and... I just kind of picked it up again. And then I went around the block while walking one of my dogs. (laughs) But Matt went with me just in case I would fall and like break my face. But we didn't need it. So um, I survived. And other than that, though, too, like on a more serious note, I just want to call out to anyone of an Asian descent who has experienced the hate or racism, obviously, that has occurred. I have Thai family members, and I honestly have never asked them if they've experienced racism, but it's something that I want to actively have these conversations with and make sure that they feel supported as well and just making sure that, yeah, we're all here for each other and it's unacceptable for what has happened and for... (laughs) the government to pass it off as like, oh, this guy just just had a bad bad day. day. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I saw saw a meme that summed it up. It was like, today I had a bad day. So I had a slice of cheesecake and I I didn't go out and kill eight people. Like you just, Mm -hmm. that's just not something that you do when you're having, you you don't do that at all, obviously, but like just to kind of just chump it up. And it's just uh, such a serious thing. Just chump it up. It's just like, oh. Right. I was taking a walk in the park and decided to come over to this spa and, and commit a hate crime, which is exactly what it is. I right. Mean, Call you, it as it is. It, right. Mm-hmm. If you look at the look at the race of majority of the of the the race and the sex, right? Um, because it's right. not just kind of a racial thing; it's it's a sexist thing, right? A misogynistic thing. I think he mentioned something about having like a fetish or sexual deviancy or yeah. something of that nature, which doesn't make it any better. It's just a atrocity. It's just so, mm-hmm. so, 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 so horrible to hear. Yeah. And I'm so glad that his parents honestly called him out on it. That's good. They were the ones that saw some video footage or whatever and reported it so that the police could track him down. And I'm so glad that they didn't just try to protect yeah him but i guess he had left home like a year earlier and they reported him as missing i may have these like details um mixed up but that is something that i had read was he was like i'm gonna go start a new life and he just left i just it's so messed up yeah but we definitely are supportive of of our friends and family and everyone who has been affected over the years and yeah, we stand with you and we we hear you and I I'm actively trying to like find different organizations to volunteer with and just learn more, you know, how to become a better ally. I think it, it does take a proactive approach to educating and learning how to be there better for one another. So 
So yes, that I know is something I don't want to be tone deaf with this, uh, this episode in terms of like, oh, me just talking about rollerblading and like nothing other major happened, because obviously, that's like a a major thing that happened this past week that is undeniably just heartbreaking. So yeah, but I want to say, honestly, I'm, I'm just not surprised, though, like the response Mm. from the government, just because I mean, history shows us that they just don't take and haven't taken like hate crimes seriously. I mean, like even the like the Dylan Roof situation, I believe they took him to Burger King or something right after he committed a hate crime. So like history shows us that it's, when it comes to POCs, it's just our bodies. It's just kind of another day. It's another number of, you know, in terms of a murder being committed. And my heart goes out to um, the Asian community, obviously being a woman of color, being a black woman and being a, you know, a, a promoter of the Black Lives Movement and what that means for people of color. So I, I, from my own part, I can't speak for everyone. That's just not something I, I want to do. But from a personal perspective, my heart goes out uh, to the Asian community. And personally, I'm looking into, you know, organizations and things of that nature to be a better ally uh, for the Asian community. Because although we are people of color, we have, you know, different plights. We have different issues that we're dealing with. And so it, you know, I think it's important for us all to come together um, and be there for one another because we can relate. Right. So You're stronger together, together than sure. obviously separated. And, you know, their culture is, and look, within the Asian community, again, I don't want to make them out to be a monolithic group of individuals because they all have different cultures and different languages. Totally. Um, but they're more than, you know, the food, right? The culture, right. the things that we just consume. So again, my heart goes out to, to the community and, you know, please, please, please be safe out there. Definitely. Definitely. And let us know, you know, if there's any way we can be better allies or advocates on the show in any way. Happy to hear any thoughts or ideas there. And we'll definitely think of ways we can, you know, continue continue that support. So we're still getting started. We're going to have our goal, I think, too, on this is to have lots of diverse guests on this show and different backgrounds and different perspectives. And that, yeah, absolutely want to be all inclusive there. So yeah, today's episode, I think it's a very interesting one. And it relates, you know, in terms of racial issues that, you know, the world in general are kind of facing right now. And, and, and engaging with yes today we are talking about the royals and the developments with that Mm -hmm. i'm sure many of you have seen the news and seen the recent interview with megan markle and harry the interview that they did with oprah where a lot of things were revealed i mean yeah like really spilling the tea Mm -hmm. for anyone that hasn't seen (laughs) hasn't seen the interview please go check it out. You can watch it on like CNN.com. It is the interview with Oprah Winfrey. And she like, I don't remember last time she's done an interview, but I'm so glad that she, right. That she led this one. And I mean, she, she answered the tough questions, right? Like, but we knew going into it because they said like, no questions are off the table. So that Mm -hmm. made, that made me automatically interested. Like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna get into it yeah I'm, I'm also glad that she she was the one that was doing the interviewing yeah so Bree, as far as because i know you watched the, in, the interview as well i wanted to ask what was the biggest revelation for you yes so well i've i have a couple i mean obviously the point where megan was asking for help with her like m- mental illness and they were like that wouldn't look good for us. So we understand, we see you, we hear you, but we're not going to do anything about it. I, and I mean, you can tell she's being genuine and I, my heart just breaks for her because that's not a game to play with someone. Especially while she was pregnant. She was pregnant. Oh my gosh. Yes. And, and Harry too. I mean, he also, um, had reached out at points. It's just like, they don't accept that. Like that is not something they're, they basically need to tough it out is what they're, they're told because of how it would look for the Royal family. And it's unacceptable, obviously. So that was one 
I don't know if it's a revelation, but it's not something that you hear about, which adds to the stigma against like the entire issue. It just, it makes it such a taboo topic. And these people continue, you know, I think when Harriet also mentioned that he was kind of, um, what was the words that he used? I think he said that he felt trapped. Trapped. trapped yes. Yeah. Trapped. And I, I believe it. I mean, you're in this environment that just, it, it perpetuates so many unethical, but um, accepted, widely accepted practices in terms of just how the royals are viewed. Oh, and the fact that the media, that the tabloids, this was a revelation, how closely the tabloids, and I don't know if the tabloids there are viewed like the tabloids are here, where, I mean, when I think of tabloids, I think of just fake. It's obviously fake news, but I don't know if their tabloids are more just general news. So that's something that I didn't really look into yet. But the tabloids are supported by the palace and vice versa. So the tabloids get to host these like parties at the palace or the palace like hosts them for the tabloids. And, and the palace only wants like the tabloids saying positive news. So if they get wined and dined more, they get better news and that's just crazy how strong is your government if that's what you're relying on i just i don't understand thank you for bringing up that point because i I feel like what's crazy about that is because the media is really like so reliant and so intertwined with the monarchy you would think that they would have treated her megan i'm referring to yeah fair when they covered her mm-hmm. you know they revealed the letter that she wrote to her to her father i mean when you when you look at the the articles how they're comparing her compared to kate and just some of the things yes. that they oh i remember that one avocado that- oh i don't know the avocado one got me i was like wait so kate found this new way to help her like treat her morning sickness or something like that. Or uh, just, I don't know. What I, re- it was I remember that like. one article where she was holding her belly. Belly. Oh my yeah. God. And they dragged, I'm like, seriously? Yeah. <sighs> just And I don't know silly. if all the, all the med- like news media outlets are doing that or if it, but regardless, it just goes to show how they're looking at one versus the other and pitting them against each other. And I do, this kind of goes into what Piers Morgan was talking about. Um, he was saying how they were just trashing the royal family. And I don't see that at all in this interview. I think they're telling their experience. Their story, yeah. And I think they held their tongues a lot, honestly. They weren't outing specific people and they weren't just constantly bashing megan actually stood up for kate and was like she came forward and she apologized and that's not something that we need to throw her under the rug for um it is just how the media then portrayed megan to be the villain again like seven months after it happened Uh and she's like i just you know that the opposite happened and that that was an honest like answer for her to like what is she gonna say no it didn't happen like (laughs) or take the blame and no that's that's not right so yeah it definitely yeah that hero versus villain between kate and megan was another revelation which she recently won a lawsuit with the media too and how they were uh, covering was it on that letter that they had released the letter yeah they Mm -hmm. you know so she it's it's, it's just a mess um how that that all played out and and how they were treated but like to your point yeah they were just telling their story and another point to that about the skin color when they mentioned that someone which we still don't know there's some speculation but we still don't know who said it yeah mentioned that they were concerned about what Archie's skin color was going to be. They they didn't even tell us who that was, you know? Like, so right. I feel like they spared a lot of people. Yes. Um, so Piers Morgan, I don't know, his his assessment. Did you watch the interview with him, how that just went completely how off he, the rails? How he just walked off? Yeah. Yeah, I... <laughs> you can dish it, but you can't take it type of thing because he is a very harsh critic to other people's characters. And, and then, you know, having his 
co-host or I don't know who. I think that guy covers was. the. I don't. The weather, yes, yeah, the, weather. the weather. We'll figure out his name before the end of the episode, but yeah. yeah, and you know, he was just being honest, saying like, "Oh, in the past, like you, I don't know if they had been talking in the past, what that relationship looked like, but when he said that Megan has a right to cut you off." Meaning before Harry was in the picture, if Pierce and Megan were talking, I don't know the validity of Apparently it wasn't even like, and he said it himself, it wasn't like a serious thing. It was just, maybe he reached out to her and she didn't respond. But like, and he's like, well, that shows just how she's just, how she does everyone in her life. She just cuts them off. And I'm like, you're really like making yourself out to be like way more important than you really are. It's not like you were in her family (laughs) or anything. And yeah, I mean, again, I don't know the details of all that, but regardless, when the weatherman said that, um, and then he just kind of stormed off stage and was like, all right, good. Like, I'm not going to hear this. I'm not going to have anything. And, And and Pierce saying like, oh, the queen doesn't have a racist bone in her body. She is very private. And and while she may not be outwardly racist, how the system is structured and how it's constantly. The guy's I mean, name the, is the guy. Sorry. The guy's name yeah. is Alex Beresford, the weatherman. Beresford. Okay. Yeah. I remember reading Beresford. I think the biggest thing is that they were taking away the title prince for archie yeah and it's like why it's his birthright so i don't know how that all works i'm not a royals expert by any means and understand the structure but she she is in charge of that yeah yeah for sure so what the debate was from my understanding was that due to some convention that like king george i don't know which number um and I'm, i'm not trying to be facetious i just don't know the, the number um but king one of the kings uh put forth some sort of uh patent or i'm not really sure what they call it convention or something that uh-huh. states that um that if you're the great grandchild that you won't get the title so most folks are like including peers i believe is saying okay well this has been in place for a very long time that technically he's not supposed to get it. But to Megan's point, apparently there was discussion that for one, the queen has passed patents, I believe is what they call to allow them to give those titles to William's other children. And I don't, I want to say his other children, because if you're the, the, the direct, descendant of um like if you're directly in line to become the king which is which william's oldest son technically will be his eldest son george um then that's that's essentially his birth no are you talking about charles yeah so you have charles then you have william and then william's son george oh okay So, so i gotcha so the so the comparison was oh well george and the rest of uh william's kids became prince prince and princesses because of charlotte um so you have charlotte louis Louis, and then you have george and so they're like well she made an an exception for for them Mm -hmm. well with george he would be a direct direct line to become the king so it's understood why she would do that for him but it was kind of concerning that she would you know release what they call these letters of patents for the other two which you know are not as close to becoming the king than say George, than William and Charles. And so another concern for Megan was that there was talks that they would permanently essentially ban Archie from becoming the prince. So essentially Prince Charles will at some point become king. I mean, the queen is, is, is getting older. So at some point when, you know, she's no longer the, the queen, then her son, uh, Charles will then become king. And so, at that point, Archie would technically be the grandson of the then prince. So to permanently strip him of that, to at that point not even be up for the running to be a prince right. at that point, raise some eyebrows. You know, like, hmm, why would that be kind of the move already before the kid is born that you would just permanently ban him? 
right? Yeah. And then when you couple that conversation with the other conversation of now there's talks of his skin tone and what mm-hmm. color. Now it looks a Which little. Suspicious. They're saying was not the queen and was not Philip. Yeah, they're saying it wasn't the queen, but still, I'm sure they all communicate. And at this point, we don't know if it was Charles that said it. Right, and that's who's got to be the king soon. Right, like we don't. Right. We, we don't know if it was the grandfather that said it. We don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, I, I feel like they should have just said, like, if you're going to bring that part up, just go ahead and tell us who it is, because now everyone's speculating. Yeah. So I do agree. Maybe they should have just mentioned it, but again, it's their story to tell. So who are we to be like, hey, tell us who who said this, right? And it could have been something, yes, in private that one of the family members. Let's say it was. Prince Charles that said it, not thinking that that's a racist thing to say, but it's extremely racist, completely racist. Right. And so then Harry, you know, goes and tells Megan about that. I mean, clearly that would be something that is extremely disparaging since he is going to be king or even if it was William. I mean, if that's something that was commented on, like it could have maybe not been shared and maybe the queen didn't didn't know. I'm not sure if that's something then that Harry and Meghan kept to themselves or if they went then to other members in the family and said, okay, this was said. They didn't really say that they went and tried to mitigate that situation no. um, before coming out about it. And so... I'm not sure. And then, I mean, if it was kind of an elder person, like say it was Charles or whoever, again, we don't know. It's kind of like, now you might feel some type of way about like reporting it because it's coming from an elder person. Like it's it's almost like the help, you know, the person that you would vent to about this is the actual person that is saying these things. So look, we don't know the dynamics of of the situation. Yeah, but you, in that statement. Yeah, yeah it doesn't make it any off. less, yeah, obviously. Sure. Like, it's it's for sure unacceptable. And I think the statement that the queen had made, and I'm just going to read this out, but their statement, the queen's response, was very short. I think they they were very specific about saying it was 61 words or something like that. And so this is the response that they released like a couple days or a day after the, the interview, but says the whole family is saddened to learn the full extent of how challenging the last few years have been for Harry and Meghan. And I want to dive into that. They had been raising these concerns over the years. So the fact that they're like, oh, the whole family is saddened to learn the full extent of how challenging the last few years have been for Harry and Meghan. You cut them off. But look, she was even in an interview saying, like when that one reporter was like, well, how are you doing? She's like, well, thank you. That's the first time someone has asked. Like she's in literally- 2019, 2019. Yeah, like one. she's publicly Megan, stating, yeah. you can clearly see that she's crying out for help. And if I can yep. see that, <laughs> just an ordinary woman out here in the, in the United States, I'm sure the monarchy was able to- extrapolate that something clearly was amiss something clearly well, was going and then on when they're going to them with mental health requests and having like wanting support there because i mean any any situation around mental health is very serious it doesn't it should not get to the point where you are feeling suicidal but that is the point that is the extreme point that it got to and i'm just like they they knew, so their response saying the whole family is saddened to learn the full extent. I, I mean, it just seems like like gaslighting in a way. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm just like that's that's so unacceptable. Just not. And, I would prefer them not to even say anything. Just like right. Yeah. What do you think about people's uh, response to the whole thing? The ones that are saying, hey, you know, they should have just really dealt with this in-house. Like, I get it. Like, families fight. They have issues going on. But, like, maybe they shouldn't have done it in such a big way. Having They're in the spotlight. They're in the spotlight. And I think it's completely acceptable. Whatever they choose to do is what they should do. They have a right to express that the way they see fit. Yeah. Right. 
you know, celebrities, there are some celebrities out there that are very, very private and they just will never um, speak out about these things. And everyone has a different stance on this. And it may be fluid um, in terms of like, okay, they have come out about this and now the royal family can't hide from these issues and they should address them. They should have been addressing them all along, but. but even um, with Princess Diana, right? Right. And they've just never, they have never felt heard or acknowledged from within the royal family. And that's my, I guess, perception of um, this interview. So I think it's completely acceptable. I, and, and if they choose to want to deal with some of these things going forward privately, that's fine too. You know, we don't have the right to their privacy just as much as they're willing to share. And I think for people to judge them and say, oh, you shouldn't have done this. You should have done it privately. It's like, well, if this is an institutionalized issue and they've cried out for help, this is the only thing that seems to like to be, work, yeah. yeah, like yeah, it's not like they're they're potentially, yeah, and it's not like they're going, you know, for a stroll in the park or on the phone chatting it up every right. every day. Like apparently they weren't even talking. So right, they want change, and I think th- they didn't get paid for the Oprah interview too. So. It wasn't for money. And that is one of the reports. So if anyone hears that they did get paid, obviously, like, call us out, call me out on that. But yeah, I'd heard that they did not get paid for it. And this has made their life harder. Yep. This this entire thing has made their life harder. And for them to, like, willing to risk potentially even further damaging that relationship, but them kind of seeking out additional help in this way to create change and to call people on their shit. (laughs) It's like, call it as it is in order to create change and put them in the spotlight to do so, put the Royal family in the spotlight to do that. And I think is absolutely appropriate and needed. Look, they were already being bashed before this, (laughs) right? Right. Because of the unknown, because yeah, they were keeping things private and all we were hearing were kind of a one-sided situation, right? And this has provided them the platform to tell their stories. Look, we're all about telling your truth here at Women Unfiltered, right? So I can't, just because they're members of the royal family, uh, well, now they're they're not working royals, but there's, uh, look, Harry will, he's going to always be a royal, right? He's going to always be Prince Harry, but I, I can't promote that with everyone else and not use that same brush to paint the picture for these two, right? Like they still should be able to, to tell their truth and engage with their audience as they see fit. They're like you said, they're public members of society. They're celebrities. I mean, Megan was an actress before. Yeah. On suits. I mean, very popular TV show. show. So this is how they communicate, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Just to tell someone how to be able to deal with their issues and express that. I don't think is, is, is the way to go, you know? So, that's my two cents on that. I don't know a ton about the history in terms of the royal family and colonization. And that's something that I can definitely become more educated on in terms of how their entire system has been created. Yeah, it's a very old system. Very old system. The monarch's been around since <laughs> like forever, obviously. Um, but they have, uh, I mean, look, it's history. They've gone through uh, many periods and, and eras of colonization mm-hmm. um i don't think there's a country out there <laughs> that hasn't been touched in some way by the monarchy right the monarchy of england from the caribbean to the united states obviously i mean we fought for our independence to just different parts of the world they have had their played their part especially those nations that are you know where people of color reside right and mm-hmm. um, yeah, so to say that your family, I think this was from Prince William when someone asked if, if his family was racist. I can see, us, look, we don't know if, if they're racist. He's saying that his family isn't, but I think some people took that like, hmm, yeah, okay, your family isn't, but look at this trail of mess that you've left behind when it comes to colonization. This, <laughs> right, and this Over, systemic like oppression exactly. of- 
over generations, over generations, mm-hmm. right? Because one monarchy is handed off to, and I don't know if I'm using the right word there, but like when Queen Elizabeth came into power, like she was given that power by a previous family member, right? Like her father, I'm assuming. Was he king? Is that how it was handed down? Either, I'm not 100% either sure. Her father or her mother. And then it was handed down from, you know, his family you know so forth and so on so there's a lineage is, is really what i'm trying to say like of your family leaving behind you know this trail of 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 mess and due to colonizing these these countries and stripping them of their natural resources and 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 their rights and things like that and just leaving behind you know just oppression through the years and so to say that i think that was that was kind of tone deaf to a few people mm-hmm. uh, because the issue itself wasn't addressed. Now, from his perspective, I'm assuming he was more so responding to his own personal views on that versus like the historical uh, nature in which his family clearly have participated in racist activities. Yeah, it's like that. Well, we're not a racist family. That's their opinion of themselves, but they haven't done anything to be proactively exactly. not. So, you know, all of a sudden, Prince Harry <laughs> marries a biracial woman, and there clearly are signs of racism in terms of the discussions that were had about, oh, well, how, how dark is the baby going to be? And whether that was a discussion with just one person, it still is clear that those thoughts are being had. And if they're trying to protect their family from somehow branching out and that race is like bringing a biracial woman into the mix is like how that would look for their family. I'm just. And I don't, she's not even, she's not even the first. I believe what, what was her name? Queen Charlotte or. Okay. She was actually the first biracial woman. Are you going to fact check me on that one? Oh, Princess Sophie Charlotte? She was the first black queen of England. So maybe she was a princess. Yeah, she... Interesting. But then, yeah, it says Princess Sophie Charlotte was born in 1744. She was the first black queen of England. Charlotte was the eighth child. Yeah, I'm not sure. Sophia Charlotte, though. It was it was one of those individuals. Because uh, the new Netflix show, Bridgerton, I believe is what it's called. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of based on that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I think her family- okay, I were, watched yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So she was the first woman of color in the in their family. So Meghan Markle isn't even the first. Now, obviously, none of us remember when <laughs> Princess Charlotte- I mean, Charlotte, this was in 1752. Right. Yeah. I mean, none of us were alive. But, I mean, my point is, like, history clearly repeats itself. And this isn't, like, a, a new thing. And if, you know- I don't know. It's just yeah. 1761. She married George III of England, and at 17 years of age, she became Queen of England and Ireland. Okay, so she was queen at one point. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that was so long ago. It's like I didn't know that until just <laughs> right now. So, in for Pierce. My big issue with Pierce Morgan's drama is that he's dismissing Megan and her feelings, her expressions, her um, yeah. concerns. Yeah, he said, I don't believe a thing she says. Yeah, okay. And he's saying that it was the best acting experience or best um, show she's ever put on or best whatever. I don't know how he had phrased that, but because she's an actress, he's like <sighs> just – it just dismissing her entirely and and people are saying oh it's like race baiting and it's not what does that mean like is that the same like saying someone's pulling the race car i hate when people say that like this isn't a game of spades like what are you talking about pulling the race like when women also it's like when women are sexually assaulted and they're coming out about their assaulter it's like oh you're just I, like not believing women. Yeah, I know. You it, know? Like it's like a, it's a way to yeah. it's a way to quiet. It's a way to silence people yeah. from telling their stories. And it's not for him yeah. to say whether or not she's telling the truth because right. hey, you don't know. Like right. <laughs> like acknowledge that that she has 
the these experiences, firsthand experiences, and that you were never in the picture. That's what I'm saying. Like, what are you talking about? He he makes it seem as though like he's a bestie of Megan, and he knows for sure. Like, or like the royals in general. Yeah, yeah, just right. Yeah. So anyway, moving on from Pierce. But recently with Sharon Osbourne, Sharon Osbourne. Then that I I watched the clip, and it seems like she was kind of thrown off guard. She she didn't really understand the full context, and she responded, and then people are like calling her on it, and she's like oh, like, crap, what did I do? I I didn't mean to be racist, like, didn't understand the full full spectrum of things is what I kind of got from it. She definitely understood the full spectrum because she was the one to jump the gun and, like, retweet something from peers defending him. So if you didn't have all the facts, then why don't you just sit sit there and eat your food? I think it's because they're friends in the past and she, you know, seeing, like, their relationship she never thought of him as being racist and yeah and and so i think i'm i'm not sure what she had retweeted but i just saw the i think she said something like, like i stand with you or something yeah like that. i just wasn't sure what his tweet specifically was that she you know if she responded to she's also defended him a lot in the past so i don't i don't see why cheryl underwood's question to her uh, was uh, surprising. Yeah, why she got so flustered about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think what a lot of people took issue to was the aggressiveness, for one, of mm-hmm. of her interactions with Cheryl, who was clearly just asking what everyone else wanted to know. Right. And then then she tells her and don't you and, and don't you cry don't you dare cry i should be the one crying and i'm like oh okay. i know oh yeah and she did apologize for how defensive she got i think she got very emotional but it's not you know i i'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt but i don't know her as a person i don't know enough about her as a person i think she was trying to look out for peers and then i don't know but at the same time it's like no, you got to call bullshit where bullshit yeah, is. Because if, yeah, you don't, just, like, if you don't weed that type of behavior out, and look, this is the workplace, mind you, right? Like they, they were on set. And yeah. if you, whether it was a black woman, an Asian woman, it doesn't right. matter. Like there was no reason for her to, to say the things that she said and how yeah. she said it. And by the way, uh, according to other reports, she's had a history yeah. of creating a hostile work environment and saying racist racially charged things um okay so there's a history there yeah uh she even there someone pulled a, a taping of a, re- a recording uh that they did where they were talking about megan being the first black woman to be a part of you know the monarch and she was and then she said is she black i mean but she doesn't look it and then you see eve who's sitting next to her like okay we're going down this road and then they're like, they're having to correct her saying, hey, black people come in different shades. Mm-hmm. And it's not for you to define whether she's black or not, because some biracial, some biracial people consider themselves, consider themselves black. And some of them identify with men biracial. They have a right to identify with either or. Right. Um, right. And so it's really up for her. Uh, and so... Yeah, they're like, yeah, we're coming off. Like, but, but why do we have to tell you that? Like, this yeah. is like... Yeah, and for her to try and silence Cheryl, Cheryl Underwood, yes, yes. When she, yeah, when she said that comment, I was like, "Excuse you," um, about oh, don't you even dare cry and cry right now. Like I should be crying. I'm like, first of all, you're speaking to a black woman. She has every right to (laughs) feel any feelings that she has uh, that are absolutely validated in in terms of being overwhelmed with having to constantly fight for equal rights, just basic human rights. To even have, to even be sitting there and having that conversation oh my God. with her, right? to, Yeah, and she just right then blatantly tried to silence her. So yes, I... How do you feel about people, mainly in the media as of late, it's obviously been like white men and women that have had this issue. How do you, and obviously you, it's not your job to answer for every single person, but I want to know like your opinion, like how do you feel about many of these folks losing their jobs behind it? Do you feel like that that's going too far? Do you feel like, you know, 
they should be given kind of a platform and a chance to like communicate better and figure it out. Like, I guess it's the whole cancel culture. That's kind of the. Right. I think it depends on their response to it. Like if somebody's, I don't know, because some have been super extreme where you see like the Pierce Morgan kind of just fit that he had. And did he quit or did they let him go or was it? He quit. He walked off and was like, I'm done. I didn't know that. Like, I thought it was a couple days later that it was announced. And they were like, we accept his resignation. And then he's like twirling it around like. Oh, they want to rip me of my my own opinion. It's like, yeah, you guys, you were going back and forth with your opinions and you couldn't take mm-hmm. it and you walked off. He has a right to have his opinion. Yeah. I want people to learn and I want, and I don't know, I'm not sure what the right way to go is. Honestly, like I, on, I am not sure. It's like, I don't want them to think that it's okay to say these things that are completely racist and unjust and it perpetuates other forms of racism and acceptance of um, things that are completely unacceptable and and especially if they're in the spotlight doing these things it's going to continue it's just like this vicious cycle so i understand and I respect the decision of networks of um, different companies to to fire people. I mean, it's over human rights. Like this is, this isn't something to be taken lightly. And I'm glad that companies have taken stances in this way, but I do want to be mindful of the learning experience that everyone needs to go through together to be better for one another. And people are going to make mistakes. So I, I think there are a lot of people out there that are not actively racist and they are trying to do better and they you know there could be things that just because of how systemic like racism is it may just be part of our day-to-day that we're not even might we don't even understand that like this could be racist or perpetuating these issues and to be called out on it in a respectful way I think is helpful for us to continue that learning and growing with one another so it's like I don't want to be demonized as a person like if I say something on here that offends somebody I'm absolutely happy to talk more about it and or or just like in my day to day like and I want to talk more about it and have those productive discussions so that we can continue to be better because if I don't know is, you know, depending on the situation, again, like the extreme of it, like um, extremity of it, it's just, is it always, I, I mean, yeah, it would be my fault for not knowing, but um, how do you respond from no, it? For sure. Like, how do you go move forward and, and choose to be better? I think shows a lot. Um, and hopefully that is respected by others, but like, no one's perfect. And so I, I would hope that from marginalized communities that there is some level of, you know, patience with, with that learning process, but it doesn't mean you have to accept someone being racist, like call them on it. For sure. I think from the perspective of a person of color, I think where it gets really weird is that the history behind it, right? Like a lot of individuals have been able to hide behind that, that, oh, well, I'm learning or, and look, we don't really know if people are being genuine every time with, with this, oh, I'm learning sort of situation. And also people of color being at the, at the brunt of this, oh, I'm learning, right? People have lost jobs. People have been killed. People, Mm -hmm have like it has been a dire situation for individuals um because someone didn't know that yeah you know they shouldn't discriminate against a black woman or a black man walking the streets uh in a neighborhood that is predominantly white so they're automatically assumed that they're a threat or you're right or you're or moving to the other side of the sidewalk because you see a person of color walking next to you, you don't want to get robbed or all these other discriminatory biases that develop in the brain to your point, because the the culture, right. That has been developed out of systematic racism. And I think as an ally, well, for one, I don't think POCs should 
be the forefront of this movement in terms of trying to educate non-POCs. I think that non-POCs should be the ones doing the work, trying to figure that out. Because think about it, you know, like a woman that has been sexually assaulted is almost like asking her to educate her, the person that has attacked her on how not to be a racist, or I'm sorry, on how not to be a, a, a rapist. Right? Like right. you wouldn't take someone through that trauma if they've already like gone through that. So I think the work is on uh, white people to, to, to really do that. Just as much as the work is on me as a black woman to educate myself on the atrocities and the issues that Asian Americans and other Asian people mm-hmm. are, are faced with. So I think the work has to be done from there. But I think to your point, the response to a lot of these um, is also very important. And for Sharon Osborne, Osborne I mean, her apology wasn't really an apology to me. I don't know if you really read it, but yeah, and then it she's seemed just like every day she was hiding behind that. Yeah, and, the, yeah. and every day she was she was firing off something different. She's like, oh well, okay. t- t- today they're saying that I called my co-host a-, a wonton, and what else do you got? Like, and these people are oh yeah. I don't know. I didn't know any of this stuff. So yeah. if it seemed like I was trying to back Sharon Osborne, I mean, clearly after finding out some. No, no, no. She's she's yeah, she's yeah. like, come come with it. Like, you're not going to stop mm-hmm. me from having my opinion. And then then she gets on the show and she's crying and she's like, educate me, educate me. Yeah, you know? it was very intense. Yeah. So I, I can see both ways. I see people wanting to be look. Hey, this is how we've lived our life. These are things that have been taught to us from our parents, although they're wrong. So, like, help us try to figure it out because we're just trying to figure it out. I see. Yeah. I see the need of wanting to do that. I'm just saying. Also, understand it from other people's perspective that they're like, okay, but historically speaking, you've been able to kind of hide behind this. I'm I'm learning on the job, sort of thing. Yeah, and I think that goes back to like the some more of those extreme situations where all of a sudden people make a mistake that yeah. is caught on video or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, well, I'm learning," and it's well at this point like somebody's dead, and are you still learning, or exactly. like are we going to kill more people, or what's going to happen? Because like, do we need to be afraid? Yes, unacceptable. But even even the small things do add up. So I see your point too, where it's like, oh, you just cross the street because somebody, you know, you're walking. Well, nowadays it's probably more <laughs> COVID related, I would hope. <laughs> but it's, I guess, from my experience, like growing up, I I didn't look at people differently, and I don't know if that's because I grew up like in a broken home, and I just growing up, I always wanted to treat treat others how you want to be treated. And that was always my mentality. And now does it mean I've been perfect my entire life? Or like, I think media plays a big part too. And absolutely plays a huge part in perpetuating stereotypes. And so learning how like unlearning things is big, but I was exposed to different races and cultures growing up and it was never something that that I was afraid of like being with other people I don't know I guess how to explain that one thing though um that I will say that I experienced and and I've had these discussions too I mean with either like grandparents that because of the time that they grew up in maybe I would say racist, <laughs> like certain things, thoughts. Um, I, I'm not going to give them like a, a pass on, on some of this, but thoughts that they've had or or things that they've said where I'm like, well, that was racist um, and calling them on it and not being afraid to do that. There was a time too where when I was single or maybe it was like before I was single, but a family member said, well, I wouldn't be okay with you marrying a black guy they're like mixed babies are cute but and literally that was said to me and i was like that's not okay yeah i was like if i'm gonna love who i want to love and if that happens to be a person of color great if not that is what it is but i'm not gonna base who i am dating or in a relationship with based on their color because that's not that's not how i see people but i acknowledge in learning too, 
you know, through talks that we have had, learning just those differences in terms of struggles, like your day to day in how you grew up and things that you thought about if you saw a police man or woman that I never had to think about. And that is privilege. And that is something that I'm learning more about is that privilege and how I am obviously grateful to have had opportunities just naturally because of my skin color, but I don't accept that as something that is okay. Because I think equality is so important. Diversity, inclusivity is so important in terms of the growth of our country and supporting one another. And I don't think one is superior to another. And learning, there is a lot of content out there. And there is a lot to learn in terms of I've never been a hit like a history buff. Matt will back me on this. Is history was my worst class growing up. I sucked at it. I would do anything but want to read about history. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why, but that's just how I've been. But that's not an excuse for me to not learn about the struggles of people. And so, you know, that is something that I think in in terms of learning, like I go about it differently and I have to take it in smaller chunks or like a, it has to be like a creative kind of cliff notes summary in terms of some of the stuff that I've, that I consume. Cause again, there, there just is a lot of information out there and it's like, am I expected to be a history buff on all the, I don't know about like white history, to be honest. Like I literally just don't know. I I could not tell you years of things when things happened, but again, that's not, it's not excuse. Yeah. I think, I think what's important is the acknowledgement, right? Like how you talked about like family members saying things that like you called them out on. I think that's a start for sure. Um, Because so many of these conversations are being had at the dinner dinner table. And a lot of folks aren't calling family members out on on their bullshit. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's a a huge part of being an ally for sure. Yeah. It's calling it out because like we can't do it alone, right? Like Mm -hmm. as a person of color voicing that I'm being mistreated or a man of color, a black man saying that, you know, he's afraid, you know, to walk the streets because of how he might be viewed by, by the police, like coming from them, it's just, it can be perceived as, oh, like they're just complaining or, oh, look, they're race baiting, right? Now, I guess that's how that word is being used as a weapon, right? Or pulling the race card. But from a, but a white person saying that, to be honest, it holds a lot of weight. It does. To say, actually, yeah. no, this is bullshit. There's something to this. We need to look a little deeper. Right. That's, that's really important. So for you to, to to acknowledge that, I think that's that's huge. Yeah. I think it's, well, I mean, even if I saw something in public where if somebody's being racist, I mean, just the type of personnel, I'm confrontational most times. I can go about it in a respectful way, like depending on the situation. But if I see something happening that is clearly racist or just unacceptable in general, I would back up a stranger in a heartbeat because I just like to do what's right. But I mean, it's, it's hard to when you're younger growing up um, to call like family members on things because you don't necessarily always know. But in the situations where I'm clearly acknowledging that this is something that's not okay. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. Obviously, well, I don't know if it's super obvious, but yeah, I'm just gonna do it because I just think it's un- unacceptable for people. That comment has stuck with me for a very long time yeah. in terms of marrying somebody of color, and it wasn't like a direct parent or anything, but but just something where I'm like, do other people think that too? Am I? family like if i were to like if matt were to have been a black man i wonder how much shit i would have gotten and i don't care like because i would just be well okay i I can't i don't care in terms of like how my family would perceive me in terms of being with a person of color i do care obviously in terms of voicing that and standing up for, for yeah, the person for sure. that i yeah yeah so yes like, I, I, I know don't. what you mean <laughs> i was like oh wait no i know what you meant <laughs> i say i do care i do care <laughs> um but yeah like in terms of standing up for um 
for that. And and I, and I it hasn't even just been like people of color, but LGBTQ mm. folks. I've had these discussions with friends too, where I'm like, well, what? Depending on the culture too, it's like some cultures are very deeply like against um, being gay or or transgender or anything but what you're born with, basically. And I have had those discussions with friends in terms of just understanding it more and trying to, I think kind of how your, your cousin was talking about, like, I can't, I can't tell you how to be, but I can share, I guess, my, my thoughts and my, yeah, personal experiences and, and just try and get a better understanding. And over time, if you lead with love, or if you lead with that kind of caring, sense that over time things can change and it's this isn't gonna be something that happens overnight unfortunately you know i wish there was a button that we could all just like flip because the continued inhumanity that is happening it is so saddening Mm -hmm. and i wish i wish that we could all be happy together and i i wish that there weren't these horrible lived experiences that that people have gone through but the truth is there has been so how do we make this well i mean i think it's clear how we make this better but like how do you change everybody's thoughts that they've had for their entire lives and and it takes i'm sure decades like centuries to overcome these things which is too long but that's why I do back the like the companies that are doing these extreme changes where they're like the cancel culture stuff, you know, because it's unacceptable for people, especially people that are in the limelight um, to be perpetuating these these issues. So I think those extreme measures are needed because on the other hand, it's somebody getting killed because of how bad it is. I think also we need instead of us getting to the point where someone has to get kicked off of a show or fired from a job or whatever, I really think, and look, it's probably really impossible to weed out every single thing, um, which is why you have processes in place where like if, if egregious behavior persists, someone would be let go, whatever job that is. But I think more investment should be made with diversity and inclusion training. It should be a requirement. Let's stop being reactive in the workplace and start being proactive when it comes to these trainings. And, you know, there's no reason why someone should have to sit on a show and yell at someone to educate them about racist behavior. Like those are just, or you say that someone who's clearly has a black mama and a white daddy who identifies themselves as a black woman, which I believe she has in the past, you're going to say that she's not black. You should know that that's, like, I would just feel weird even saying that. Mm-hmm. I would feel weird saying that as a black woman. Like, she ain't black. Like, <laughs> right. So, like, like, checking that shit at the door, right? Yeah. And I think these companies need to invest in that. They need to invest in the DNI work, mm-hmm. you know? And I think yeah. you would see less. Again, I don't think every single situation would be weed out, but I don't think you would because you're just going to have some bad apples. But I think at the rate in which we're seeing this, it will really help. Yeah, I like the proactive approach, and I think that's super important. I know one thing we wanted to chat about is like, is this something that we feel like the royal family can come back from? Like the public opinion from them? That's a good point. Um, Personally, I think... A lot of changes are going to need to be made. Um, and again, if they even care about the public's opinion, right? Which it appears that they do, but which population of the public uh-huh. um, that they want to appeal more to, right? Um, because obviously London and England, the country in general, are becoming more diverse, right? You have yeah. immigrants from all over and you have people that have been there from the beginning. And so if you want to appeal to more of a diverse crowd population of people which is where countries are headed because people are just being more diverse families are mingling it's just a known thing and if you want to see modern you're going to have to address it and this whole kicking it under the rug and we're going to deal with it internally like you're a public entity right you're Mm -hmm. supposed to be for the people so if that is the case then you're going to have to address it 
And yeah, they're so afraid of showing any type of weakness or what they perceive to be weakness. And it's like, I think people would really value taking a stance and being and fessing up to the mistakes. Yeah. The years, centuries of mistakes. I don't think that's a conversation they're going to want to ever have, to be honest. I think it's all about uh, keeping their their shit tight. And that's just Mm -hmm. how it's been for hundreds and hundreds of years. But I I, I think this was a huge miss for them, a huge opportunity for them to kind of allow more people to feel a part of the monarchy. Uh, and feel yes. represented it right it's all about representation so yep. i think if they if their angle is more that i think that yeah i think anyone can come back from that but mm-hmm. if it's more of the same nah yeah it depends on how they address it and yeah that transparency i would respect more transparency and i you know again we are all human and we make mistakes but yeah have you owned up to them and willing to acknowledge it and move forward and take actionable steps to be proactive moving forward is super important. I don't know if I see Megan and Harry returning back as working members. I think there's, I don't, yeah, yeah. not working members. I think they're going to see that like they enjoy a bit more like of a private life. And well, in a way to do it how they see fit versus it being controlled. Yeah, for sure. So controlled. So unless something happens on that side with the the royal family where they have more freedom to be who they are versus every part, every aspect of their day being so controlled, then yeah, I don't see them going back as working members. But this will forever change my perception of the royal family. Yeah. It tells a lot by not doing a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Do you have anything yeah. else to add, I think? No, I think we're good. So thank you all for joining us for another episode of Women Unfiltered. Until next time, remember to be true to yourselves, your authentic selves, every damn day. Thank you for tuning into the Women Unfiltered podcast. Follow us on Instagram at women.unfiltered and stay up to date with new episodes and show notes at womenunfiltered.wtf. Don't forget to like, subscribe, review, and share this podcast with a friend. As always, our views and opinions expressed are our own and solely for informational and entertainment purposes and do not express those of our employers.